All right. Hello, Fight Insight fans, viewers, and listeners. I'm your host, as always, Timmy B. And today, my guest co-host, for as long as he can stay, is Trap Daddy Gambino. Look at the guns. Uh, before we start, please take a moment to follow and subscribe to us on whatever your whatever platform you're seeing me right now and leave a five-star rating, comments, positive reviews, all that stuff. Trap knows what to do. On today's episode, we are talking to a celebrity boxer who's going to be fighting on October 15th in their debut fight. We're going to talk about a possible Royal Rumble in the UFC, Tony's future, and a whole lot more. Trap, let's hit it. All right, our guest today is a recording artist, a producer, a former high school teacher, almost has their mental health counseling training certificate, and was recently featured on TMZ for their call out to fight Caitlyn Jenner, of all people, on October 15th. As I said, they are set to make their debut appearance with Celebrity Boxing, but first, they are here to chat with us, talk it up. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Brady Bunch. Welcome. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. I'm a fan, right? Thank you, Timmy. Uh, and thank you, everybody. It's an honor honor to be here. Uh, I hope my messy room does not uh, scare anybody off. But uh, Oh, look what I'm working with today. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. Thank you so much That's for joining us. That's the podcast us. life. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, thank you so much, Brady Bunch. Actually, Trap, Trap is such a great guy. He just came out of nowhere to help... Uh, save the day on this podcast so that I could have a co-host. Brady Bunch was supposed to be my guest co-host for the day, and we were having a different guest show up. But as always, schedules are getting confused. So here we are, and we've uh, made a little bit of changes. But we're going to interview Brady Bunch to see what's going on. Now, Brady Bunch, before we start, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Um, so you know what? what I often like to say? being both serious and joking around at the same time. Uh, I am someone not like uh, anyone most of the world has seen before. Uh, I think I'm a unique character. Uh, I'm a personality. Um, and how do I put this? Uh, I am non-binary, so I'll start there. Um, I'm one of those humans uh, who was born a type of way. I, ever, I knew ever since I was four years old, you don't have to believe me. We have the videotapes of me tantruming and throwing fits about it. But, uh, you know, I always knew I was a little different. Uh, things didn't really match up in my head to my heart and body and soul. Uh, and it was something that uh, was a chronic issue for me. I won't go into it. We won't have to dive into politics too much. Uh, but I will say that I've gone through some life changes and I'm living my life for myself. Um, as a result, I get a lot of love and a lot of hate. Um, I actually, uh, so for example, I use rolling pronouns. Uh, they, them, there are my preferred ones being non-binary. Uh, I consider myself more of like a third gender these days. I know a lot of people act like that's something new, but guess what? Third genders have existed around the world forever. Um, so, you know, I'm one of those people, I'm not exactly trying to fit 
into boxes. But at the same time, I want boxes. Uh, how did I get into this? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm blabbering a little bit. Uh, no, no, that's okay. I just, uh, hold on one sec, Trap, I muted your mic for one sec just because I think it might be the air that was kind of cutting her out. I heard that, so I was just, uh, I'm good. I, I, heard, I heard the plane in the background, no, wor no worries. Okay, okay, go ahead pretty much. Uh, I also use, so what might confuse some people, uh, I used to be a New York City high school teacher. Um, my students knew I used rolling pronouns, but most of them called me uh, she and her. Uh, they knew me as Summer. It was a first name school. Uh, but some people know me as Sean from a certain circle of my life. Uh, but truthfully, if you know me, I tell people to just call me Brady. And that's sort of, that's my last name. And that's sort of how I got the nickname Brady Bunch, uh, which is also became my artist name. Uh, I make music. I'm a producer. Uh, I have a lot of trash music out there, right? Uh, that I've been talking about bringing down for quite some time. It actually started slightly as a joke, as a way to motivate some of my students in New York City. Um, I challenged them to like a historical mixtape. I made some silly, horrible song, and next thing I know, certain kids that didn't really want to write an essay were handing in these beautiful, well-written rap songs talking about actual historical events. Um, so I actually, how did I put this? Uh, I started an after-school program. At first, we were trying to teach kids how to make beats. I had this outside organization called Music Unites Help Out in the beginning. Uh, they gave me some money. I used some of my money out of my pocket. And I actually built like a studio in my classroom. Uh, before I knew it, it was the biggest club in the school. And then I had five other high schools sending kids there. Um, I'm happy to say, talking about, so <laughs> I'm a producer and I'd say that's what I got better at first, but these kids actually started asking me to hop on some hip hop tracks and they actually would come to my room at lunch and they'd be like, yo, you got to learn the rhythm. Yo, you got to work on your flow. Um, I so grew you started up rapping. Yes. Yeah, so I started rapping oh, wow. and being non-binary, uh, I would say that a lot of my rap, especially the unreleased stuff that I've performed, uh, I went on to South by Southwest, I've been testing out like a lot of cool stuff. Uh, it's more of almost like a screamo, screamo rap these days. So like, bang, 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 right? Uh, and when I'm on stage with the full makeup on, uh, imagine when I first went to Texas, I did three shows. One of these places, like nobody knew me. I kept my mouth shut, full makeup. Uh, and let's say every rapper that was on stage was like hopping off stage, trying to talk to me, asking me if I was alone. And then I went on stage, <laughs> his voice. I just hilarious. Right, jaws drop. And, you know, half of the people hated me, half of the people loved me. Uh, right. So I kind of, I'd say my music turned into like an act of rebellion, the, the rap side. Uh, and then I actually have like the softer Femi EDM production. Uh, where actually, so what's funny is some people hate my rap, but they love my EDM. Some people hate my EDM, they love my rap. Uh, so in a way where I kinda don't fit into people's bubbles with the gender, I kinda don't fit into one box with the music. Uh, but therapeutically, Trap Daddy, I think you understand. I love the hip hop, it's therapeutic yes. for me. 
I love getting on stage. I love performing. I don't even care if anyone likes my music. Uh, I, I can totally out. relate to that. Yes, right? Um, and the Sometimes irony, you just got to make the stuff that you want to hear and not the stuff that everybody else wants to hear. Exactly, because guess what? Here's the truth. Uh, what I realized working with a lot of these city kids who were very talented, they were busy making stuff that sounded just like the commercial stuff on the radio. Mm. And yeah, how, right. how are you going to stand out that way? And also, do you really, is that really your art, right? Uh, you know, I like celebrity boxing that's like a very aggressive song about fighting uh that yeah. i think we're gonna love so that's coming soon uh and real quick just to explain check that out yeah you know what i'll send it to you um and you know what maybe Jeff Teddy, we will train together one day and hop on a track who knows right hey it's a it's a it's a small world that's for sure it's yeah. a small entertainment world too yeah, it, it, it really it really is. Can I just say something like it is really cool, like doing this podcast. And like you said, Brady Bunch, I really appreciate what you're saying, because I feel like you and Trap do have similar things in your lives. We are talking about the motivation and overcoming obstacles and things like that. And everybody has their own obstacles. Right. Yeah. Um, how did I I mean, I never thought as of yesterday that you two were going to be on the podcast together. Right. But it is a good match. I feel like it's right. What you're saying hits home for so many reasons. I think we just talked on our last podcast about people that put out the same crap as everybody else. And we, it was uh, my co-host was a guy that runs MMA social squad, uh, an MMA page. And you just see a billion pages that just post the same garbage, not garbage, but it's just the same stuff. Like there's no creativity. There's nothing like it. Yeah. It's easy just, work. Easy work. Yeah. Easy. No offense, but like, I don't need, 50 MMA pages telling me that Jose right. Aldo retired. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I got it In off comedy, the first we call one. Those hacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yet when it comes to music and when, or maybe not, but when it comes to music, when it comes to social media, when it comes to online, you can have all the hacks in the world. And for some reason they do gain value, which is so strange. So I appreciate what you're saying about like, yeah, you gotta be yourself, you know? Yeah. And you know what? What I learned, so in different, uh, there was a point in time where I did some vocal training. Uh, I was using a different voice, believe it or not, because society had me convinced I had to fit into a bubble to see it. Uh, but what I realized, I felt like I was acting. Um, and when I made the decision to be like, yo, fuck it, I'm using this voice everywhere I go. Uh, except when, here's the truth, I know I may be in danger and I have to whip out that other voice sometimes when I'm in alone in an area I'm not familiar with. Uh, I noticed that just like, especially teaching in the city, it was like so many people sort of real me and just like respected me more. Um, so I'm all about like really just being myself. Um, and I'm hoping I can motivate others to be themselves. Um, and also like, like I was saying, I get a lot of crap being myself, but guess what? I'm laughing at most of those people. And there was a point in time where I let that stuff get to me. Um, but I know that like part of the reason I'm doing this fight thing, as silly as it sounds, I know there'll be some little kid that's different in some type of way that's going to see me in that ring and it's going to change their life. Um, so, uh, I love that. yeah, you know, and, and the funny thing is this music, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know DJ Drewski. He was on, uh, Love and Hip Hop. 
He's on Hot 97. Uh, I think I do know who that is, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of his. And imagine one day when I had some silly momentum going, because that's how the music game could work for indie artists sometimes. I was able to get interviewed by him. Uh, and I actually brought one of my talented young rappers with me, uh, which was awesome as well, to get them like some attention. Uh, nice. But while we were there, I talked about how little Nas X fans came for me when I shared something in my story once, right? Uh, they tried to like cancel me, right? When I was just like goofing around, right? So I like, I made, I went on this interview. He asked me about the little Nas X beef. And basically like I was joking around, challenging little Nas X to a celebrity boxing match. And before you know it. Hey, so I'd pay to watch it. I'd right? pay to watch it. <laughs> Now, the truth is, I don't think he would ever step in the ring. Uh, I wish he would, right? But, uh, but <laughs> we'll see if that happens, right? But this all opened this door where next thing I know, celebrity boxing is reaching out to me. And they're like, hey, uh, would you want to fight? And the sad thing is this, in a way. Uh, so I think some people are mad because I'm fighting a cisgender man, someone who was born a man, still identifies that way. Uh, but I'm gonna go into two quick stories tied to that. One is I know that in many ways, depending on what state I'm in or whatever, I would have to box a man anyway, based on the rules and the laws and all that. Um, so in a way, a non-issue, right? Should we just be told not to fight, right? If it's something I really wanna do. Uh, another thing I'll say is, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little all over the place, the ADHD. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to originally fight another trans or non-binary opponent. And originally I was supposed to fight in June. Uh, it was going to be in Miami. And part of the problem was finding the opponent that would back out. Uh, so before right, you know right. it, it got so close to the event. Um, I was actually really excited. No one gets me mad at sharing this. I was supposed to fight Sydney Star who was this black trans rapper from Love & Hip Hop. She was on Bad Girls Club. Uh, she's on some other reality show. And she was basically down, but something happened where we weren't able to make it happen. Um, so the funny thing is, I know that Damon, the CEO of the organization, he really wanted to create like an avenue for trans athletes. So he was all upset. Uh, he also knew I wanted to fight, and then I was so upset. So I got to the point where basically uh, I let him know that being non-binary, uh, I was willing to fight whoever would be willing to fight me. And I want to take on competition. I want to get better, right? I, I don't, I believe, and I think you guys will understand, the worst is when you hear of matchmakers putting two people in the ring that should never be fighting each other because it's unbalanced, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people can get really hurt, right? In a way, I'm fighting at a disadvantage because I have medically transitioned where I don't have testosterone flowing through me, but I'm here for that challenge. Uh, and that's where I think someone like my opponent, Mike Mazza, I think I, think I am going to get the win against him. I know he's embarrassed. A lot of people are ragging him. Uh, but to one step further, have you guys ever heard of, I may mispronounce it, Nung Rose from Thailand? Uh, no, no, I can't say I have. So 
So this is one of my biggest motivators. And technically there were two non roses. I don't know if the other one took the name as like a tribute, right? But both of them were, I guess the term we would know as like a Thai lady boy. Um, and in a way it's seen as like a third gender over there. I recently came across videos of the recent Nong Rose uh, competing in professional kickboxing matches against men and yeah. destroying them, where like entire stadiums were chanting her name, right? Uh, and I remember watching that and it just motivated me so much. So like part of my story is I've been training for the boxing out of a gym, I trained in martial arts when I was younger. But once I found these videos, I was like, yeah, I have to become a kickboxer. Um, feel free to cut me off, but I found a kickboxing gym. I called them up, and by pure chance, the guy on the phone, before I even like told him that I knew who this person was, I mentioned I was non-binary, I'm looking for a good gym. He was like, oh my God, you have to Google Nong Rose. I'm like one of her biggest fans, right? <laughs> so imagine I found this amazing kickboxing gym. Uh, right with some like awesome talent, I'm gonna zip it. But, but like, if it wasn't for the music, if it wasn't for leaving teaching recently, uh, which we could talk about if you want, we don't have to, I wouldn't have been able to end up where I'm at. And I feel blessed because when I was younger, I was training in martial arts. Uh, believe it or not, I went to Matt Serra's uh, Nice. Academy when I was younger, when he first opened it, uh, the guy was so chill, like it, and I loved it. But I knew which direction I was heading in, and I didn't think there was a world for someone like me. When I was growing up, if you were a different person that happened to be trans, right, the images I got was from Jerry Springer, right? Uh, right. It was prostitutes, right? There was no like. I remember when I was first changing, I was a teacher. People were like, you can never be a teacher. You're probably gonna have to go back to school to become a hairstylist, right? I was told by people, I was, I'm a big Jets fan, unfortunately. I had some people tell me like, yo, you can't watch football anymore. And I remember just thinking like, yo, where do people get this crap, right? Like, uh, and so one more comparison I'll make is even cisgender, natural born women like Amanda, uh, the lioness, right? Uh, I see comments on half the blogs, right? People are like, oh, it's Amanda, right? Like, even yeah. she said, right? Uh, my own the, mother. The second grade joke. <laughs> yes, my own mother, well, she's a Big Brother fan. Misha Tate was on Big Brother recently. My mom was clearly upset that Misha was doing so good. So while we were watching it together, my mom's like, oh. She made a comment like, oh, Misha, kind of looks like a man. And I'm like, mom, right? Like, come on, I'm your kid, right? Like, she's an athletic, tough woman, right? A former champion, right? Like, like so part of me is doing this because I know, uh, I think I can change the game. And I dream of one day, like, imagine, I know there's four of me in time, right? I'm hoping one day, if they're not gonna let us fight in certain categories that maybe they follow the lead of like, I think it's the Boston Marathon is gonna have a non-binary division in their next race, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And that's what he's really doing. He's creating a lane and I'm hoping all the other organizations will follow, follow lead. I love it. That guy so, is 
interview. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so it's interesting, though, and I want to go off on, like, so many things. The one thing I do want to, I mean, of all the things you said, though, the one thing that I'm most mad at is that you're at a school where it's a first-name basis. I, that does not fly with me. No first names. Uh, that's how I, that's how my schooling was. But um, I would have got, I would have got beaten, man, if, uh, right? I don't know, trap in the school you're at. But if I went to school and I dared say uh, the first name of a teacher, bam. Just, Even the principal. They'd be like, hey, Luke. Yeah. Right, no, like it was interesting. No way. No, uh, no way. So I, I have a question too, if yeah. I can butt in real quick. So you've been training for officially for how many fights that uh, fell through for you? So you know what? It was the, the fight that was slotted was June, right? So it was like from March to June, we had probably throughout each month, maybe at least two people sat down at the table to sign the contract, uh, okay. and then backing out. So you've been uh, right, right. training for this for for a minute now. Yes, and that's where Damon, in a way, I'm grateful he's made it happen because I would hit him up and I'd be like, Damon, I I see some of these people fighting for you. They sign the contract, they make a post, and they're like, yeah, back in the gym. I'm like, Damon, I'm in the gym six days a week. Yeah. I'm trying, and here's the truth. I know I'm not where I need to be yet, but I know I'm living a lifestyle that – I think I could get to where I need to be, right? I can totally relate to that. I'm, I'm in that same position right now myself. Eventually, if you just keep going, we're going to get there. Yes, right? As long as we don't age out. And that's why I'm, right. I know the clock's ticking. And that's why like, I need to make this happen. Yeah. But, but one day I'm hoping there's like a Legends division or something like that. So we can just see old people fight old people. I'm down with that too. <laughs> you know what? I don't know if I'm bringing a topic up that I think we all might want to talk about. Uh, but like I think of someone like a Tony Ferguson. Oh and my like, goodness. Uh, it's okay. like, yeah. Hold on. I, hold on. I'm going to segue into that because that was something I wanted to talk about. <laughs> but I'm going to put a picture up here of Tony uh this is where this was dc and he said ferguson just doesn't seem to have it anymore but he does not seem to have the self-awareness to understand it he just doesn't really want to walk away from the game and i get it it's hard to walk away but he just doesn't have it anymore this is from uh, i believe sports Kita. i got this quote <sighs> all right i'm gonna just break away for one second on tony ferguson did you guys both watch the fight against nate yeah Yes. Yeah, I, I watched it okay. for sure. So did you both hear where his corner uh, was saying, stop turning your back, Tony, stop turning your back? Because he was like turning away. It's I'm, me, I'm watching that fight. And that was the first time I'd ever seen him perform like that. And it was worrisome to me that he seemed to be so out of it. And it might just be time. It might just be, you know, damage over time. But I was really worried for him. He didn't look good physically. He didn't look good. And there's a lot of debate going on right now whether he should retire and whether he must retire or whether he should continue. And so I'll turn it to you first, Trap. What do you think of Tony? You think he needs to continue or, or should he stop? So here's my opinion about the turning his head away from the punches thing. Uh, I will say that Nate Diaz's style, man, that'll make you turn. That'll make anybody turn their back because he's a pitter patter style. Like he'll just keep those, he'll keep that leather in your face to where it's like I can't even breathe and I can't turn away. And so I, I definitely understand that to a point. But man, Tony's so uh, Tony's been there for so long. You figure um, 
he'd uh, have counters for that. I, I don't know, man. Uh, the whole laying down in the middle of the cage instead of taking advantage of, you know, what he could actually do in there. When Diaz was playing around with him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't think he should retire, but like we were talking about a Legends Divisions, that would be pretty dope, man. I don't know if he's quite ready for a Legends Division yet, but he's getting there, man. And you see guys like Nate Diaz and, you know, taking breaks in the middle of the octagon and stuff like that. <laughs> Crazy. Like it's funny, but at the same time, <clears throat> we have to remember that we're fighting for five minutes, three rounds. So that's 15 minutes of fighting. That's that's a really long time to fight. I I like the old, the old school days where they just went and, you know, they fought until somebody lost. It was like a 10-minute time limit and then go over time and all that. I like that. But um, I don't know, man. I don't think Tony should retire. I think they he should be matched up with people like Diaz and stuff like that more often right. than you know monsters like Justin Gaethje and. Well, I was seeing I was seeing I was seeing uh, posts online that were saying, "Oh, I think it should be him versus Patty." And I'm like, "This guy's gonna die. You can't. He's it. It's different levels yeah. at this point. He's on his way right. out. Patty's on his way up. You don't need to feed these veterans to these young lions." in an effort to right. kind of give them the clout or give them the smoke, like let these guys fight appropriate people at, at, at most. Right. And that's if you even think that this guy should go back in there and potentially suffer like long-term damage. But Brady Bunch, what do you think? So I think army has to wonder uh, if like you mentioned, that's the first time you saw him acting that way. You were concerned. Part of me wonders, like, what was the cause? For all we know, maybe he wasn't feeling so hot. Maybe it was something that happened in training where his head was not there, right? Or, here is the truth, he's, he's getting older. Uh, TRT is a thing that's not allowed. Um, he had that big weight cut, I think it was 2020 or 2021 for a canceled fight. He went down to 155. Uh, I think at one point he had like a 12 win win streak, right? Uh, yep. So like, we can't forget what he's capable of. Uh, I I feel bad. I agree with both of you. It's all about the matchmaking. I would love to see a classics league, a legends league. Um, just like you see a lot of these boxers coming back and doing it, right? Um, I almost feel like I would love to see like I know he had a heart attack. Uh, so I don't know if you, you know, but like <laughs> before, like I remember. Wait, him, who, who, who are you saying? Who are you talking about? Randy Couture. Like he was someone who, he was a world champ and he was up there in age back then. I know things have changed. It was the TRT days, right? But like, I almost wish I made, this might be controversial. My opinion is maybe they could allow TRT for the older legends who are fighting each other, just regulate their blood levels, make sure they're not cheating, keep them breathing, right? But like, I'm sure if Tony was put on the right regimen, he would get back to more of that state than some of these other guys, right? Like I look at people like a Ken Shamrock, uh, he, I know he has a pro wrestling event coming up, but that guy recently had a post where- Does like, he really? Credit still, yeah, he's on some random card, right? But he's still at it at his age, right? Uh, yeah, once so the okay, hold on. Once the USADA is gone, I mean, I mean, you're what you guys are proposing is just some juice league, 
where everyone just yes. juices to the gills and just yes. fights out their remaining days. Damn it, that I mean, we'll all watch it, but for like, the health and safety of these people, that would be amazing. Let's bring Mark Kerr back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a disaster. Um, okay, <laughs> but let's go back, Brady Bunch. I do want to talk and and trap. You know the importance of finding a good gym and good people to help you out to train for this. I'm so happy that you found a gym, but you're saying so. Okay. And, and one of my questions for you was going to be, so, okay, you're training for this celebrity boxing event, but this is not because you want to be a celebrity boxer and I'm using air quotes. It's because you want to legitimately get into the fight game and you're using this as an avenue, as a stepping stone to then make it to the next thing. Right. Yes, without a doubt. Um, it's almost like I know you have interviewed in the past Gita, yep. trans woman, uh, a trans woman who's out there getting into cage fights in MMA against cisgender men, right? And I know that Gita hasn't gotten enough attention, in my opinion, for going in there so fearlessly and just bringing it. Um, and so I know someone like a Gita probably would love to take on an opponent like myself when we're talking about like and things like that. Um, I also know there's a Brittany Vaughn. Uh, Brittany Vaughn is out of West Virginia. Brittany Vaughn's actually reached out to me and is the person who introduced me to Gita. I'm really grateful for that, right? Nice. But imagine, I noticed a message from Brittany on some silly hyped up post I had for celebrity boxing. I looked at it. She tagged, I think, her coach and was like, I think I found my opponent. Uh, she's busy boxing men, training and kickboxing. She does MMA. I also know she has shared, um, how do I put it, the name? She, I hope she doesn't get mad. I know she has reached out to Alana McLaughlin, also known as Lady Farrell. Um, Alana is known as like the second trans MMA fighter. Right, behind uh, Fallon Fox. Yep. I know Fallon was controversial because I believe Fallon wasn't open about their identity at first. So I know yep. people like Joe Rogan got really upset, yet someone like Joe Rogan fully supports Alana fighting cisgender women in MMA. Uh, he's explained his reasoning. He considers it, I guess, two warriors if they agree going into battle. Also, she's open about where she came from. I'm not going to get too much into politics, but what I do know is uh, I know I'm pretty strong in the sense compared to the average female. Um, and to tell you the truth, I know that uh, I know that Brittany has called out Alana, and it seems like Alana is busy saying things to Brittany like "You're not good enough yet," and claims they've watched Brittany's tapes and critiques it and all that. Right, right. I know that Alana is a former special forces soldier. Uh, I'm not going to negate how tough they are, but I think from my research that I've done, I don't know if they had any amateur fights before that pro fight. Um, so I know that Gita, myself, and Brittany, we're all talking amongst each other about fighting each other. Yeah. Right? And all three of us would love to fight Alana. Um, but I noticed Alana made a tweet like four or five days ago about how it seems like no one wants to fight anymore. I might have to start calling out bitches, right? 
I don't know if Alana will fight me. I don't know if Alana will fight these two. Uh, but guess what? The three of us want to make it happen. And what you what you need is you need a fourth transgender fighter who's not Alana. Have a tournament. And yeah. have a tournament. And have it a one-night tournament. That would be still... interesting. Right? Could you imagine? I love that stuff because I know Invicta still runs one-night tournaments, which I love. Because then you just get to like see the same fighter, you get to hear a little bit of a story. It's good. It's it's fun for the night. But so you need a fourth transgender fighter. You know what? And you do and you do a tournament, and then even the two losers could still fight one another as like a consolation. You know what I mean? So you still have that that whole tournament bracket. It would be incredible. But I I do want to say for those that are that are new to the podcast because you're here, Brady Bunch, and you're bring bringing your people. Um, We've had Gina Marie on the podcast twice, explaining her story, following her along. And she did reach out to me when she knew you were coming on the podcast and said, tell Brady Bunch, I want to fight. And I, okay, she wants to fight. She's fighting on October 10th at WCFL. Sorry, trap every now and then I mute you because the, the air. But um, so she's fighting October 10th. Brady Bunch, you're fighting October 15th. I told Gita Marie to hop on a plane after her fight, get to your fight at your event, and cause a ruckus. You know what? I love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. That's she goes, Right? She goes out there. She gets in your face. She, she starts causing drama. Maybe hop the ropes after you win and yeah. challenge you. You know what I mean? That's what you need. That's the kind of drama that needs to happen. So if celebrity boxing is watching this go reach out to gita marie now and get her that plane ticket and tell her to get in there get in the stands and then have like a have something there build a hype build a story see this guy knows how to think this guy knows how to market yeah <laughs> that's how you promote right there and I'm telling you. i know that the ceo of celebrity boxing i think would love that <laughs> right like absolutely and yeah. out of all the people i mentioned i actually they all scare me a bit. That's the thing about, I saw in Mike Tyson video, either egomaniacs or megalomaniacs, yet having poor self-esteem, right? So I say I go a little bit of both ways all the time, right? Sometimes I'm overly confident. Sometimes I'm like, yo, that chick scares me, right? But I think Gita is the most physically impressive. Uh, and I'm kind of for that challenge. Uh, and the fact that she's out there doing the MMA thing, multiple fights, like she has more fights than Alana right now. Right. Uh, and also I believe naturally in size and weight, it would be easiest for the two of us to meet. Whereas I think I'll have to do a little more weight cutting uh, to get down to fight the other two, but it's possible. Um, but what yeah. Fight, what is the fight weight that you're uh, fighting at for your on October 15th? So believe it or not, this is I think some people get shocked sometimes. Uh I am weighing in at 165. Okay. So I used to before training for this fight. So part of this story is I was probably closer to 150 in the beginning of this year. Uh but I was on some crazy keto diet like if anything I was focused on being lean, lots of cardio, uh still being athletic. When the fight was announced, the opponents who were getting me were bigger and heavier than me. So I put oh, on, 
I literally went and got uh, meal prep programs. I literally bulked up. I went and got on the creatine. So I literally gained a lot of weight for this fight. Uh, and then it was canceled. After I was like, you know what? I did not gain all this weight. I put on all this weight for nothing? Yeah. Yes. And that's where I was, went to Damon. I was like, Damon, I need to find someone. I got to call someone out around my weight. Da, that's da, da, rough. Da. <laughs> yeah. So like, ideally, I'm at 165 right now. I know that Alana and Brittany fight at 145. I think I think Eda's around 150, if I'm not you know, My wife actually fought boxing at, uh, I think it was 165 or 160. And uh, that was just because she was on short short notice and it was like 14 days or something like that but uh yeah that's um and the girl she fought was um like like 5 10 5 11 i'll have to send you pictures but it was pretty wild that is pretty wild right some of those but girls the, can get huge man but the and thing you, is the thing is though is you're talking about your natural weight like you're saying brady bunch that you're around 165 walking not to cut to 165 so I would say right now my natural weight is around 165. I've gotten in it to that right. point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, so then that makes sense. I mean, even if if you find fighters that are fighting at 145, 150, and how tall are you? So that's a good question because I went to a doctor and they measured me, and like it was as if inches came off. Right? They did the whole thing. Right? But then there's a whole nother spin. I walked fashion week a few times. So I was with all these models like a week or two ago. And I asked them all, I'm like, how tall are you? Because I was like, their height. And they would all be like, oh, I'm like 5'10", I'm 5'9". Uh, but this doctor claims like 5'7 and a half. So I don't know, to tell you the truth. Uh, I need to find out soon because I know I need to give them my info for the fight card. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 5'8 <laughs> to 5'10". But so, yeah, no, the, so the internet has me all over the place too. The internet has me at some places at like five ten, some places at like six foot. But in reality, I'm five eleven, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's 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 a moving target. Uh, you, it's funny that you you both say that because one of the things that I always find funny, I'm going to put a picture up here of uh, again someone that kind of relates to both of you, but Jake Paul. And this is a post that he put up and he said, in the beginning, they told me uh, it was impossible for a YouTuber to become a real pro boxer, yet I did it. And yeah, you know, one of the things is these people and even in the celebrity boxing, so like yourself, Brady Bunch, and like you, Trap Daddy, coming from like an influencer background, I find it annoying when people call him a YouTuber because I'm like, well, wait a second, anybody can start to pick up martial arts and become a fighter, become a trainer. Yeah. At what At what point do you diminish your past professional job right like i mean every boxer i'm sure worked at like a walmart or something like that you don't go oh that's a walmart employee turned boxer no it's like at some point i just train in it and i become so um it, it's for both of you as well right you're you're changing your lifestyle into that fighter lifestyle to become a fighter and so brady bunch i'm really excited to hear that you want to do this for real and that you're using this as a stepping stone but something like what jake paul uh i just find funny is that how is it that every opponent he wants to fight, they always match weight? <laughs> like, it's crazy that, I mean, whether he fights, you know, Ben Askren or Tyrone Woodley and now Anderson Silva, somehow they always just match in weight. Like, it's so magical that that this never becomes a problem. Like, there's no, right. it never seems like there's a weight class that limits Jake Paul from fighting who he wants. Yeah, he's the perfect size, man. He can fight like anybody. He can get up to heavyweight and he can get down to like light heavyweight. So he can fight middleweights if he wants to. 
Yeah, oh, he's like the perfect size in between all that. Yeah, it's great because he can just put on all these like uh, these these highlight shows with these great fights, and just he just magically makes the weight. So, anyways, it's funny. Right. Um, Brady Bunch, I wanted to ask when so you've been training. How has it been in finding training partners and in being around the gym with who you are? Because I've asked you know, and I'll go back to Jita Marie. I did ask Jita Marie about it as well. And I so, said, you know, is it hard to find a gym? By the way. <laughs> so, so thank you so, for correcting me. Sorry? Gita. I've been calling yes. her Gita. So thank you, Gita. I, <laughs> yeah, I was all over the place too. But yeah, Gita Marie. So how has it been for you to be able to find training partners? Are And I know you said the coach was accepting of you, but your your training partners, your sparring partners, you seem like you're at a legit gym. You're, you're fighting and training, running that life. Yes. Everything good for you there? You're not, suff- you know, you're not experiencing anything uh, i hope i'm getting alone so i my experience has been so technically i've trained out of three gyms since the fight was announced when it comes to the martial arts one i stopped going to pretty quickly because i realized if anything it was more they were good for the cardio but i wasn't learning much uh then there were two spots uh i went to the boxing gym first which has been an okay experience i still pop in uh but I would say that it wasn't exactly the same warm setting as the Muay Thai gym. Um, yeah. So I'd say part of the problem early on for me was I just didn't feel like I was being taken serious. Uh, because imagine the guy who ran that gym. Ironically, it's a boxing gym, yet he was a kickboxer, kickboxing champ. Okay. Right? Yep. Uh, but at first, let's just say, Everything he did was just like, oh, you need so much work. It was too much criticism without mm-hmm. providing enough support. Uh, so I'm all about, like, give me the feedback. But I want to make sure you're, you're doing all that you can to get me ready. So imagine yeah. I, was, I was going there for, like, weeks, and guess what? He, would, he only taught me four punches, right? And he'd be like, <laughs> what's going on, right? And then he would yeah. call out, like, number six on the punch, and I would look at him. Right? And then he would yell at me if I asked questions. He would get mad, no questions. Right. So naturally, that's part of why I started looking for another gym. Um, okay. What I will say is this. I still go there. I think what happened, which was nice, was I learned it wasn't just me. I think he comes off that way a lot. In fact, he was honest sure. with me. He'll have kids yeah. walk in, and mom or dad will show up the next day and be like, you made my kid cry. And oh, yeah. Money back, right? Uh, so I see both. Like he's tough, yet he wasn't. I'm all about communication. So when I wasn't able to ask questions, also what he was doing early on, he was throwing me to spar with women that I was afraid of hurting, and that was a sign as well to me that he wasn't taking me serious enough. The plot okay, twist. Okay. I ended up disappearing for a little bit without telling him where I went. And I trained hard at the Muay Thai. Imagine I go back like a month later and suddenly he's like, holy crap, Brady. Like, wow. <laughs> right? Like, wow. Yeah, what yeah. Right? And I didn't let him know. Right? He also was impressed with how quickly I got in shape. And then yeah. it was suddenly he was throwing me into sparring sessions with the men. Right? Nice, nice. Okay. To the point where he recently said he wouldn't even put me against the woman because yes but my but my question is more so than the coaches though the other people just in who you are and right and your story 
I mean, maybe people don't know your background or maybe they don't even know anything about who you are, but I'm just, I just, I'm just curious if you've ever suffered anything from, from your fellow trainees. No, not really. To tell you the truth, uh, I would say in the boxing gym, it was clear the pronouns weren't respected as much. Uh, It was clear, like there, that was it. It was more so I had to go in knowing like, I can't be so sensitive in this setting. I'm here to learn how to fight. I'm a warrior, whatever. But at the end of the day, what I've learned is most fighters, once they realize you're taking it serious, right? Once they realize, okay, I'm down to get punched in my face, right? That's where like the respect more came. So I would okay, say okay. I much of a poor experience. I will say I ran into this, I think. More so recently at the newer gym, I didn't reveal to all of them who I was, what I was doing. Um, so what I would say is when, I think when I revealed to some of them, I had the celebrity boxing match coming up. At first, I think they got upset. Cause to them, it's not, they're out there fighting in these smokers and real tournaments. Some of them are amateur champions with like 16 belts, right? So right. I think at first I caught a vibe, like they were hating, right? Uh, is it is it because is it because you're jumping the line almost because I think you're studying? So. Yes. Yeah. Not but putting it, not putting in the hours, blah blah blah. Or that's how they'll see it, and then suddenly how- you're on the stage. Yes, but then what I quickly saw was these same people when they saw me showing up to spar, when they saw me asking for the feedback, they completely turned the flipped the script. And if anything, what I love is suddenly it became. Yo, we have to get you ready for this fight. Nice, uh, nice, nice. So what I really love is uh, in this current, in the kickboxing gym, uh, how should I put this? They have really gone above and beyond. What I like is they're not going easy on me. Uh, my coach who was coaching me actually just went to Thailand to train for like the next two months. So two other coaches have taken over. But what I really love is I would say these were probably the two most intimidating ones who will be like, no, like, they're throwing me into these spar sessions. Good, good. They're telling people not to go easy on me. And that's what yeah. I love because there's nothing better than being humbled in the sparring session because it tells me what I need to do to get better. And okay, okay. And so, and I'm super happy with this because yeah. I do I do like when people find the right gym, when they find the right people around them to support them and stuff like that. And I hear you about the people getting upset because they feel you're jumping the line. But yeah. mind you, you have 900,000 followers on Instagram, something like that. Yes. I mean, that's insanity. So, so yeah. So, I, I mean, that that's why, right? Like, okay. Yes. Yes, right. And that's true, too. And here's the sad truth. I say this to a lot of people. I'm happy that I took some time to build my Instagram because... Uh, it has helped open doors in many different directions. And sadly, the world works that way. But what I will tell people is if you could duplicate it in some type of way, why not use things to your advantage? So I, I feel blessed that like, I mentioned Ken Shamrock, for example. Mm-hmm. I DM Ken Shamrock's Instagram this week to talk about possibly having Ken Shamrock show up at this event, right? And guess what? They responded right away, right? There's some... Some of my, I have some features on some hip hop tracks that I haven't released yet, but I got them simply by DMing people. 
so and, beca- you know, and because and because of your following, because blue check mark. Do you have the blue check mark? I have the blue check mark. I'm about to apply for it on Instagram because that TMZ okay. helped me grow. Uh, yes, there you I go. Have the blue check mark on Facebook. Uh, oh, okay, okay. And so, so, so I'm gonna put the picture just briefly because we've mentioned a few times, but here's just a picture of the the TMZ article that mentioned you so it's on there if people want to search it out search up brady bunch slash tmz and you'll find it uh and then for those listening on audio it's brady bunch b-r-a-y-d-b-u-n-c-h just in case you can't find uh brady bunch but i did want to say you know on our last podcast and we're we're recording this a couple weeks out before this gets released but the podcast is going to air before this one we talked to tough 30 competitor helen peralta and on there, do you did you watch Tough Thirty? She was no. the badass, the one that like, got into a bit of trouble and stuff. Anyways, that's probably watch. yeah. I'm telling you that that podcast was incredible. So if you have not watched that, by the time this one comes out, it will be out. It is incredible. She just gives the fu to UFC, gives the fu to managers, gives the fu to BKFC. I mean, she's all over the place. She's great. It's a fantastic, fun time. But she did make mention about how important it was you know, rightfully or wrongfully that you have a large social media following that you, um, you know, are out there that they can promote you. And unfortunately, that's the business now. Yes. And again, rightfully or wrongfully, whether you have to be like a Conor McGregor or a Patty Pimblett or whatever, but putting yourself out there, a lot of these female fighters, and this is what we've debated on the podcast as well, you know, having only fans and a lot of nudity that they're winning. (laughs) (laughs) flashing the crowd that you're winning or the nudity or the sexual innuendos, that kind of stuff. I don't know where everybody fits on that and whether that's right or wrong, but that's unfortunately kind of where we're at right now. Yes. Um, Can I ask for you has obviously, and you're saying it, but the benefits of your social media following and stuff like that has really opened up the doors for you now. What's that? Without Without a doubt. It has opened it every realm yeah and can i ask none any of the stuff you do risque so what's funny is not i guess it depends who you would ask so i know that (laughs) i did this one photo shoot where like you know i'm showing a lot i'm you know i do have a a bus that got breasts right uh like i've done some photo shoots at one point just to bring in some attention. And actually you yeah. make a laugh about this. A lot of my pull is actually in my Insta stories. Uh, so I've been offered influencer deals because somehow people have gotten some statistics, I guess, on my Insta stories. Mm-hmm. I remember probably going back like two years ago uh, when I had some momentum with some of the music that I never released, but I would tease in my stories, right? Yeah. There was a point in time where I'll never forget. This is before we crossed paths in celebrity boxing. Black China watched my story and liked it. Tyga was watching my stories, right? Big name rappers. Like I saw all these blue checks. And that's where I was like, yo, I have to keep going with this, whatever it is I'm doing, right? Um, right. And so uh, I'm sorry, brain fart. Why was I bringing this up? So <laughs> I've been offered like great deals through my Insta stories. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of where. No, uh, so I'm just no, I'm just saying because like I'm looking at no, because I'm just looking at your Instagram and there's not it's 
you can tell, like you can tell it's not crazy risque or anything like that, yeah. but it's just an ongoing story that we're talking about, especially on this podcast, because we're just like, ah, it's really interesting, you know, like where, how does someone, and then Helen was saying, you know, they're not promoting me. They're not promoting me because I don't do this because I don't show myself in lingerie and blah, blah, blah. And it's that. tough. And then, and then you feel bad for those people. And we've had other fighters like Janae Harding from Bellator who does none of that at all, but you know, we commend her because, hey, look, you're doing your thing and 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 staying true to who you are and, and you're going to succeed in that way, being who you are. And for the people that do it, hey, no problem. That's that's what you do. And if the, and that's what you want to do, no problem. Um, it's just an interesting kind of debate that's going on. You know and can I ask can I ask one other thing? I apologize. Yeah. Just give me one thing. No the next two UFC main events are both women headlining. Awesome. So it's it's dirt. Okay, so you say awesome, but there's a lot of backlash online. Yeah, people are mad about it, and it's like I don't even know how I'm kind of going off on a tangent here to that, but you know, you get these women co women headliners for two main events in a row, and already the internet is a buzz going, "This is crap," and blah blah blah. It's a double edged sword, right? And we're talking Mackenzie Dern, we're talking Alexa Grasso. These are not bad looking women by yeah. any stretch. You, but yet you, still. You know what? I think, unfortunately, I hope no one gets offended, but the term like toxic masculinity or whatever, I think does exist in some people's hearts. Uh, so it, it does make me sad. Unfortunately, I think the UFC knows they need to sell tickets. So I'm really curious to see if one of these cards has changed over the next month. Uh, but here's the thing, though. When they say sell tickets, like that's the arena we're talking, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Literally, right? the Uf literally the UFC could bring in the weakest card on the planet to, to here in Toronto, where I am, and I guarantee you it's a sellout because you only get one event every year to two years if you're not in Vegas. That's true. So the, the minute UFC touches down in your home, it's it's going to be a sellout. Like it does. That's I that term is always curious to me when they're like well we'll see how the ticket sales do i'm like well just come to toronto and it'll be a sellout every time like i don't know what the problem is we'll that pay is, for it you know what but, and i was reading an article that was discussing that like the difference between pay-per-view sales and ticket sale yeah. uh so i guess you know what i'm gonna i'm sorry i'm going on a tangent yeah yeah i'm thinking about i forget who it was but there was a ufc fighter a few months back and I think he wore like rainbow pride UFC. Yes, we talked about that. And he got a lot of flack for that. Yes. Meanwhile, he's a straight man just showing support. And that's where it's like, that's what drives. So in a way, when I when you ask right. me about my account being risque, I won't say I'm so risque, but I do like shaking the boat. I like okay. creating controversy. Yep. So I know just like that guy got booed, just like people are complaining about these women. I know there's going to be some people that are just like for example what that caitlin jenner story breitbart picked it up and wrote about it front page news just read the breitbart comments about me right first of all people think i really wanted to fight caitlin jenner it was more like a half-hearted thing i would i guess if she wanted to fight me i would right i went back yeah, down of course right but she's in her 70s it's like a playful thing i was creating the hype uh but imagine if you read the comments it's just pure hate I'm like, mm -hmm. they actually hate me. People are threatening to kill me. The best part too is none of them actually looked into it. So they're like, 
oh, look at her stealing women's spaces in sports, right? And it's like, read the article, dummies. Uh, so like, <laughs> so yeah, I think there's a, there's a problem. But here's the truth. I think the vast majority of people don't care. And like you said, the women you mentioned, they're not, they don't hurt your eyes, right? I hate to put it that way, but like, yeah, right, right. Yeah. there's plenty of people that are gonna be tuning in. And I remember when they first created the female division, all the hate, and I remember watching, I'm trying yeah. to remember who it was. Maybe it was an early Misha Tate fight where mm. I was like, those girls beat the shit out of each other. Oh that yeah. Was awesome, right? Yeah, uh, it is, you know, it is funny because it goes both ways because on part of it, sex sells, right? Yep. So what Helen Peralta is talking about is, hey, look, if, if I'm not out there doing this and that, and but yet what she's saying is when I do do that, when you get a girl that sells like that, then the UFC will promote you and it's there. And obviously they're promoting because they know people will tune in. Yep. Yet when you put two, two main events in a row that are both women, people are up in arms like, ah. So it's so weird. It's such a, it's such a conundrum that, you know, on the one hand, this is this is right. This we know this is going to sell, and on the other hand, some people don't like it. So it goes both ways. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see as we get closer to the event, like you said, like how it's going to go and and how it's going to sell. But I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, we're running down on time, and for those that are listening on audio, or even if you're just watching, like what the hell just happened to Trap? I don't know. I think he just got cut off. Maybe he lost power because uh, I messaged him to see to just to say, "Hey, are you okay?" Um, but we assume he's fine, and uh, we wish him the best. And thank you for coming during this whole time. I didn't put the the little ticker at the bottom because when it's three people, it doesn't look as good. But again, there's your there's your link there to find you. Um, this podcast has been great. It's going, it's going all over the place. I really appreciate getting to know you so well. Um, like I said before, before we start filming, I'm going to have you back on for sure, whether it's as a co-host or as a guest again. Um, I think it would be great. Before we let you go, is there anything that you want to say to fans, friends, viewers, listeners um, that you want to leave them with, with a message or something positive or not? Whatever. Tell them the whatever. You know what? I guess what I'll say is this. Uh, if there's anyone out there, right? I hope, I hope I can motivate at least one person listening out there or more. But chase your dreams, you know? Like, uh, life is short. And if there's one thing I've learned, like, I won't go into it, but I got invited to a fashion show the other week and sat directly next to Cindy Lauper, right? And it's just like... If I wasn't chasing these dreams that other people laughed at me about, that would have never happened. And I've got a, a thousand stories like that now. Um, so just to anyone out there that's being hated on for being different or being hated on for having a passion and chasing it, tell those people to go fuck themselves, right? And like, focus on you, right? Um, and also I'll say this, uh, if you do want to get into the fight game, it's a lifestyle, right? So you better be ready to change your diet. You better be ready to change everything you do. And hopefully, I hope you guys could find a supportive gym uh, that won't go easy on you and will get you ready for war. Um, and lastly, I know this is big, but I hope I can manifest that Gita and I will fight. And I hope I can manifest that Gita, myself, Brittany, Alana, will all get to fight each other one day. 
and change the world together. Um, and that's basically it. So Alana, if you somehow hear this, I know I got a little ways to go, but I'm coming. And I know Gita's coming. And I know Brittany would like to come too. Um, and lastly, I do think Brittany and I are going to have this kickboxing match. That's what we're talking about. It might be through this organization, Cage Line, new uh, Cage Line, new Cage Line fighting. I'm sorry. They have okay. boxing. They've got kickboxing. They got MMA. They got amateur. They got pro. Um, and I think that's going to happen. And that itself will be historical because I don't think two trans humans have squared off in a kickboxing match like this before. So it would be awesome. So that's it. And I want to thank you. And I know I will be back. And we will. Yeah. It's been great. It's been fun, too. No, no. Thank you so much. Um, I do think that the Gita Marie coming to your event on October 15th hopping, jumping the, the rails, jumping into the ring and causing some drama. That's all me. So when that happens, I demand a shout out somewhere in some sort of article saying, I know Fight Insight said to do that. So I need something like that. And uh, my last question too, or uh, where do you, where are you located? Like location wise? Me? I'm yeah. in Toronto. I'm in Toronto, Canada. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that a billion times. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, if no. There, I'm in Toronto, Canada. If there's some way you can make it to Atlantic City, I will get you tickets and all that. So let's let's keep in touch. I don't know if you'd want to be there, but thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you. Like, really, really a pleasure. I'm so glad that we had you on this podcast. Um, this was a different podcast because it, it, it was really just you focused the whole time. We didn't get to too many of the topics that we kind of planned to, but I think it, the conversation was great. I do want to apologize for the... Um, some of the background noise that was coming out of traps. I was I was muting it here and there. So when we hear this, I, I apologize if that kind of disrupts a little bit, but I tried to mute them here and there so that it came out good. I think we got a lot of your message out. I think we got a lot of your story out. I really like it. I like what you're doing. Good luck on October 15th. I'm sure I'll talk with you before then, but good luck on October 15th. Kick some ass. Do not take it easy on this, on this guy. You know, first round knockouts are by all means allowed. So just get yes. it done, get the job done, kick some ass, and uh, we will see you soon. I promise right. I'm getting the win. Thank you. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Don't don't leave just yet. I'm going to end the podcast. Guys, you're going to see some podcasts that you can click on now, some of these oldies and goodies, and uh, have a good one and see you guys next.